to come alongside me strongly out of love and say, you have a pride problem. Now, I didn't respond well to that because I had a pride problem. <laughs> but over the process of looking at the word and seeing that all this contention that was going on in my life was a result of my pride, I was very grieved by the decisions that I had made. But I applied the truth of God's word, humility, love, Hey, welcome back to Bible Line. I'm your host, Pastor Jesse Martinez, and today we are answering a listener-submitted question. Don't forget, if you have a Bible question, you can send us an email with your question. The email address is questions at BibleLineMinistries.org. Let's get into today's question. Samuel writes, Hi, my name is Samuel. I believe the gospel, 1 Corinthians 15, from the time I was about eight years old. I think... And a lot has happened in my life, horrible things. I lost my home about seven times. My father died and I have many diseases in my body and perhaps some defects in my mind. I just don't know. When I was at my lowest, I said the, th the same things the Pharisees said to Jesus concerning the blasphemy of the Holy Spirit. I said it out of despair and anger and brokenness. And I used to have a very good relationship to God and a lot of hope and light and this joy of salvation, but everything seems to have gone away, and I feel empty. And it was like Satan haunts me every second of the day about the things I said, and I live in fear. I truly believed the gospel when I was younger. I know I did, and I understood it also, but I do not know what is happening now. I rebelled against God on purpose when my father died of cancer, and then I said what I said, which was the same thing the Pharisees said, and I just feel like my heart is broken and faith is broken and I do not know what to do. What should I do? Wow. Um, as you can tell, if you've been paying attention while I read that, uh, Samuel is going through quite a lot. Um, I wrote this to Samuel. I wrote a response to Samuel and I'm not going to read it word for word, but I am going to go with the same approach in my response here. I don't know if any of you listening can identify with Samuel. I think a lot of times we as children of God, people who have put our trust in Jesus Christ, we lack spiritual growth. And that's how you get into a lot of problems. You know, I think it's real clear uh, when Paul wrote to 1 Corinthians that the carnal Christian is a reality. Just go read 1 Corinthians chapter 3, verses 1 through 4. Paul had a desire to teach them more, but he couldn't because they were spiritual babies in Christ. They still needed milk. They weren't able to take meat because they were not growing. There was envying, there were strifes, there were uh, divisions, all sorts of things that were causing a problem with growth. And when I read Samuel's response here, um, I see a lot of this kind of fear in believers. The first thing is, then I want to address this openly, when Samuel says he said the same things that the Pharisees said to Jesus concerning the blasphemy of the Holy Spirit. You know, I know that there are people who would disagree, and this is one of those doctrines where it's not something that I lead with, but it's my personal conclusion that the Scripture teaches the blasphemy of the Holy Spirit is not a one-time thing that happened with the Pharisees and with Jesus. Although that could have been something that the Pharisees died in committing the blasphemy of the Holy Spirit, 
I think ultimately blaspheming the Holy Spirit is to say what the Holy Spirit says about Jesus Christ is not true, that he's the Son of God that takes away the sins of the world. If you die in a state of unbelief, meaning you never changed your mind, you never had biblical repentance from unbelief of Jesus Christ as the Son of God who died and shed his blood on Calvary, was buried and rose three days again to pay for your sin, if you never believed on him, then you die in the state of unbelief and you blaspheme what the Holy Spirit says. John chapter 15 and 16 talk about the Holy Spirit will only speak of Jesus Christ. That is his primary purpose. Now, he convicts the world of sin, righteousness, and judgment, but to say that Jesus is not the Son of God, he is not satisfactory to pay for your sins and to die in that state of unbelief is what I conclude the blasphemy of the Holy Spirit. So when I read Samuel's response and he says, I trusted Christ when I was eight years old. Later on in the email towards the end, he says, I knew what the gospel is. I understood it. So that leads me just based off of what he says to conclude that he is a child of God. So then the question arises, he feels terrible. He's in fear. And and I'm going to be completely transparent with this as well, that is the chastening hand of God. If you have a Bible, I would encourage you to open it up with me and go to Hebrews chapter 12. Hebrews chapter 12, starting in verse number 6. I sent this to Samuel, but we'll read it here and we'll go to verse 13. For whom the Lord loveth, he chasteneth, and scourgeth every son whom he receiveth. Now, in order to become a son or a child in the family of God, you have to put your trust in Jesus Christ. And that is outlined in John chapter 1, verse 12, or verse 14, around there. And so if you're a son, if you're a child uh, in the family, you're going to be disciplined. And that's a part of the familial process. God disciplines us, it's important here in verse 6, out of love for whom the Lord loveth, he chasteneth. If you endure chastening, God dealeth with you as with sons. For what son is he whom the Father chasteneth not? But if you be without chastisement, whereof all are partakers, then ye are bastards and not sons. What we're looking at is the fact that God will discipline his children, and that can come with, I mean, that, that definitely can come with fear because you are, not obeying. You are not walking with the Lord. You're walking in your flesh nature. You're rejecting your spirit nature. And that's going to come with a lot of consequences. Look at verse 9. Furthermore, we have had fathers of our flesh, which corrected us, and we gave them reverence. We gave our physical earthly fathers here reverence as they disciplined us, meaning we responded to the discipline. Shall we not much rather be in subjection, in submission, unto the Father of spirits, and live. God, our Heavenly Father, shall we not endure the chastening hand of our Lord for the purpose of continuing to live here on this earth? And that's what I think Samuel is experiencing. It's hard to make conclusions based off of, you know, an email that's a couple of paragraphs. I don't know all the details of what Samuel is going through, but it sounds like he is a child of God who is suffering from his lack of faith, his disobedience, his, you know, blaspheming of God, his, his father, and there's going to be consequences for that. 
Don't forget to like, comment, and share this video. It helps get us out to more people, and there may be people in your life who can be encouraged by it. If you haven't already, hit the red subscribe button and the little notification bell and set it to all so that every time that we post or go live, you get an update. If you have a Bible question, send it to us, questions at BibleLineMinistries.org. Let's get back to today's video. Verse 10 in Hebrews 12 says, For they verily for a few days chastened us after their own pleasure, but he for our profit that we might be partakers of his holiness. Verse 10 is great. The discipline of our fathers came out of their own desires for their own pleasure, but the discipline from our Heavenly Father is for our profit, it's for our benefit, that we can be partakers of this holiness. We're set apart for a purpose. Verse 11 is a very important verse, and I take a moment here to just prepare you for verse 11. There is a purpose in God's chastening, and temporarily it is not joyful. And it is because we are disobedient. We have flesh natures. We have problems. And it takes some hard correcting for us to realize, ooh, I'm not doing like I'm supposed to be doing. Verse 11, now no chastening for the present seemeth to be joyous, but grievous. Nevertheless, so regardless of how difficult the chastening may be, afterward, now this afterward is very important. I believe it's implied after you correct the behavior which has been exposed to you through the Word of God, through the Holy Spirit that indwells you through other strong believers coming alongside, and sometimes you get a rebuke, guys. Look, I know you see me here as the put-together pastor, but there was a time where I was the prideful Bible college student who thought I had no problems, no spiritual weaknesses at all, and it was with men like Dr. Arnold, uh, who is a great mentor of mine, Dr. Bob Gilbert and others, to come alongside me strongly out of love and say, you have a pride problem. Now, I didn't respond well to that because I had a pride problem. <laughs> but over the process of looking at the word and seeing that all this contention that was going on in my life was a result of my pride, I was very grieved by the decisions that I had made. But I applied the truth of God's word, humility, love, true love, not this love if, you know, I love you as long as you are like me and do the things that are fun. No, no, I love you unconditionally as my Savior and my Father in heaven has loved me. When I applied that teaching, then I started to see what verse 10 says, excuse me, what verse 11 says, afterward it yieldeth the peaceable fruit of righteousness unto them which are exercised thereby. See, the disciplined hand of God exercised me, and I chose to respond to it. And as a result of that, I've been blessed because God has a great plan and purpose for my life, and chastening is a part of that. Now, verse 12 says, Wherefore, lift up the hands which hang down and the feeble knees, and make straight, verse 13, paths for your feet, lest that which is lame be turned out of the way, but let it rather be healed. So the comparison of a believer that is not walking right with the Lord is like a lame man. He has a problem. He can't walk properly. Instead of him continuing in that condition, he should apply the truth of God and walk upright and walk with progress and run, you know, just like this massive burst of spiritual growth that can continue on uh, in, in, into eternity. So when I read Samuel's response there, I think this is exactly what's happening. 
Some other passages I think would be important for Samuel and for you is Titus chapter 2, verses 11 through 13. For the grace of God that bringeth salvation hath appeared to all men, that's Jesus Christ, teaching us. Now the us here are those who have put their trust in Jesus Christ, a primary audience in the book of Titus here, denying ungodliness and worldly lusts, which would bring the chastening hand of God. You deny that, we should live soberly, righteously, and godly in this present world. When our friend Samuel cursed God, he spoke out against God in anger and despair, he was not living soberly, righteously, and godly in this present world. Does that mean that he's not saved and now he is in this condition forever? No, no, it does not. And this is the truth of the uh, ongoing sanctification of the believer. 1 John 1, 9 says, If we confess our sins, he is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. This is not the confession of each sin for a sinner to become a saint, for a sinner to, for a, a lost man to become a saved man. This is the ongoing forgiveness of sin, which is only available by the blood of Christ, while we live here on the earth. This is progressive sanctification, the progressive nature of being set apart. Samuel can get right with God today. I replied back to his email. He wrote this in November of 23. I wrote him three days later. He can take 1 John 1, 9, go to the Lord and, and confess that sin of, of speaking out against God. And he would not only be forgiven of and of which he's already forgiven, but now he can walk in the right frame of mind. But he's got to continue to do right. Otherwise, the chastening hand of God will continue. And then, of course, here I'll, I'll give you this in 1 Corinthians chapter 10 and verse 13. Of course, many of you may know this. There hath no temptation taken you, but such is common to man. But God is faithful, who will not suffer you or allow you to be tempted above that ye are able, but will with the temptation also make a way to escape that, me able to bear it, that ye may be able to bear it. Now, the reason why I included that, and I'll read this directly from my email here. I said this to Samuel because I, I, I don't know all the details, but let's say he was going through a demonic attack. He was under demonic oppression. He can't be possessed by a demon because he's possessed by the Holy Spirit. Amen? He's bought and paid for with the price. That price is Jesus' blood. But even if... Samuel was going through something, some spiritual warfare. It's important to know that God is faithful and will provide a way for him. And 1 Corinthians 10 is a reminder to the people in Corinth, look what the Jewish people suffered as a result of not trusting the Lord. There's giants in the land. Oh, we can't go. Well, God just delivered you from the greatest superpower on the earth at that time in Egypt. But they did not believe that he was able to deliver them from some giants. Well, they wandered for 40 years in the wilderness. And that whole generation died in the wilderness. They literally bit the dust. <laughs> and it's really sad to see more examples of that 40-year period. The, the ground opening up on the sons of Korah. Oh, man, just things that really surprise you. But it's important to know God is faithful. You trust in him. And you'll be delivered for this. But would you pray for Samuel? Those of you who are watching who are born-again believers, would we uh, pray for our brother in Christ? And if you have a question similar to this, Reach out. Be more than happy to chat with you and maybe even make a video like we did today. 
Thanks for tuning in today. Until next time, keep looking up. Jesus Christ is coming soon. Take care. If you enjoyed today's episode of Bible Line, make sure to subscribe to the channel and share this video with a friend. Do you have a Bible question? Send us an email, questions at BibleLineMinistries.org, and we'll do our best to get you an answer. Or you can leave your question in the comments of this video. Be sure to check the links in the description for more clear Bible teaching. Bible Line is a ministry of Calvary Community Church located in Tampa, Florida.